Father, we thank you this morning for the precious privilege of being in the house of prayer one more time. Thank you for our sisters that reminded us that you are worthy of all the praise. We thank you, Lord, because now it's preaching time and we need for you to do only what you can do. Would you arrest our hearts and minds? Would you breathe on us afresh? Would you cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Give our brother preaching power and preaching permission that preaching may be done. And in the end thereof, hallelujah, we give you glory. Hallelujah, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said amen and amen. Grace and joy to you, family. It's so good to be home and to be with you on the 83rd, amen? Women's Day celebration. Can we praise God for the women of God of the great Zion Hill? Thank you to my beloved pastor, my brother, my friend, my leader, my shepherd, Pastor Nathaniel Wallace. I love you, Elder. Thank you so much for sharing the preaching place with me or giving me the privilege to stand. You have brothers and friends all over the country and you could have called any one of them to stand to feed the flock today, but you trust me and I thank you, Pastor, for being my pastor and my friend. To my father in the ministry, Pastor Emeritus, Dr. Waddles, good to see you. Amen, I love you with all my heart. Good to see you. To my First Lady, amen. Sister Waddles, good to see you. And to First Lady Emeritus in her absence. To all the women, the beautiful flowers of Zion Hill. It's so good to see you looking good on the Lord's day. And to all the brothers, the deacons, and all of the men, all of you that make up the great gospel train of this marvelous, marvelous body. Isn't God good? Amen. He is so good. I stand today with the charge to speak to this great occasion. Your theme is such powerful, or such a powerful phrase in itself. She is fearless because he is faithful. <laughs> I said, oh my. <laughs> what a text. But I think I found it in that book of Judges. Come on, turn with me this morning, if you'll be kind, to Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. There's a wonderful pericope of scripture there that I think will be a blessing to you as we reflect on our journey. Judges chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Greetings to all of our family online. We're so glad you are here. Judges chapter 4. When Ehud was dead, and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Harosheb, Hagoyim. And the children of the Lord, or Israel rather, cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. 
Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor, and take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun? And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, and I will surely go with you, but nevertheless, there'll be no glory for you in the journey you are taking, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and he went up with 10,000 men under his command. And Deborah went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite of the children of Hobah, the father-in-law of Moses, has separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the terebinth tree at Zainam, which is beside Kadesh. And they reported to Sisera that Barak, the son of Benoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Harasheth Hagoim to the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Harasheth Hagoyim and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword and not a man was left. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazar, and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera, and she said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me. Do not fear. And when he turned aside with her and went into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. And then he said to her, please give me a little water to drink for I'm thirsty. And she opened a jug of milk, gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, stand at the door of the tent. And if any man comes and inquires of you and asks for me, if, if there's any man here, you shall say no. Then Jael, Heber's wife, she took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple and it went down into the ground 
for he was fast asleep and weary, and so he died. And then Barak pursued Sisera. Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I'll show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera dead with a peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for your patience in the reading of God's word. I want to tag this portion of our text today, a woman to remember. A woman to remember. Zion Hill, there was trouble in Israel. God's people were living in dangerous times. Enemies had surrounded them and fear was running roughshod over the people of God. God's people at that time were being led by national leaders who were appointed by God and used according to gifts. Deborah was one of the judges of Israel during this time of oppression. She's called a prophetess, the wife of Lipidoth. And the Lord spoke to her as she held court under the tree of the palm called Deborah. Deborah was Israel's only female judge. She was what I call the mother of the nation. And God chose to use her because she was an encourager. She was a nurturer. She was a wise woman who was in tune with his word, his voice, and his heart. So when Mother Deborah became judge, the Israelites had been subjugated for 20 years by the evil king Jabin. And the commander of Jabin's army, or his general, his name was Sisera. And Sisera had 900 chariots that he used as form formidable weapons against Israel's foot soldier. He was a gangster, and everybody feared some Sisera. The Israelites were treated so cruel by him that he broke their spirits. And according to the Bible, life under King Jabin and Sisera was so bad that the highways were abandoned. And the people chose to travel through the alleyways, the back streets, because Sisera was jacking them at every interstate. Everybody was afraid of Sisera. The men, the women, and the children. Israel needed deliverance. They needed for God to intervene one more time. 
And today's text is powerful, Pastor Waddles, because it reveals that God is capable of defeating, delivering, and decisively destroying those who are trying to do harm to his children. And in our discovery today, he does it through the mother of the nation, who was a wife, a follower of Yahweh, a judge, a friend to the people, and a nurturer of all. Mother Deborah, in this passage, models three things for me today. She models what it looks like to be a woman of courage. She models what it looks like to be a woman of confidence. And she models what it looks like to be a woman of commitment. Did you catch the three points? She's a woman of courage, a woman of confidence, and a woman of commitment. Y'all gonna help me waddle in the text a little bit? Look at verse 4. The Bible says, Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidot, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And everybody came to her to settle their disputes and problems. But the text says she called for Barak, the son of Abinoam of Kadesh of Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor, and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and Zebulun? And God said, And I'll deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon. And Barak, I'm going to deliver this evil man into your hand. Beloved, when we come to this portion of the text, we get to see that Mother Deborah, as the mother of the nation, she calls out from the nation a young warrior from Israel. His name is Barak. Barak is a leader. He's a warrior, a well-known brother in the tribal community. The first thing mother does in this text is she reminds the young warrior about the word of the Lord. Reverend Brown, she said, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded you to go? and employ troops at Mount Tabor? Zion Hill, I learned right here that as a spiritual leader and a woman of God, her first order of business was to call out to a son of the nation and to give the son courage to trust the word of the Lord. Second of all, you know what else I learned about her? She don't degrade him. She don't talk down to him. She don't deride him. She exhorts him to remember who he is and what the Lord has said to the men of Israel. Then I notice, as the mother of the nation, she gives him God's strategy to save a nation. She says, now God says, take with you 10,000 sons. Sons of Naphtali and sons of Zebulun. This was two of the 12 tribes. 
And God says, I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitudes at the river Kishon. And there I'm going to deliver him into your hand. Did you catch that? The mother of the nation has heard from God. And she's giving instruction to one of the sons of the nation. Watch this now. His assignment is to gather the other sons. Gather the other sons to protect the families of the nation by obeying the God of the nation. God was going to set up the enemy. This was, Zion Hill, a fixed fight. And God needed his men to show up so they could experience God. Here's what I learned. Pastor, Pastor Wallace, I've learned that God was going to use Mother Deborah to give his sons back the encouragement they needed to defend the nation. God was going to use Mother to be an encourager for the men who had got off track. God was going to use Mother to encourage warriors who forgot how to fight, forgotten when to fight, forgotten who to fight, and forgotten why they fight. I'm hunting for a witness right there. Mother Deborah, with her courage, was going to give courage to the nation who had lost their purpose. They lost their plan and lost their position and posture. She was more than a judge. Prophetically, she was able to see what the people couldn't see because fear had captured their hearts. Can I say it like this? She was, yeah, uh, fearless because he was faithful. You know what I noticed? Dad, I noticed that we need mothers like Deborah today who can hear God speak when fear has captured our families. We need some mothers like Deborah today. Mothers who won't beat up their sons, but who'll build up their sons. We need some mothers like Deborah to remind the men that God sees you and he ain't forgot you. We need some mothers like Deborah to remind our sons that the fight is fixed and God already gave you the victory. We need some mothers today to tell their sons, go get your brothers and all y'all together obey the word of the Lord and go and get victory on behalf of your family. Oh God, I feel like preaching today. Can y'all help me? We need some mothers who will say, son, go get our neighborhood back. Son, go get our name back. Son, go get our dignity back. Here it is, young people. Son, go get our swag back. Son, go get our culture back. Take back what the enemy has stolen. Remember, son, God said, I will deliver the enemy and his chariots and his army and all, somebody say all, that he stole. We need some mothers who are women of the word and not women of the world. 
We need some Deborahs. Not no more wannabes. Can I get a witness? We've looked at a woman of courage. Come here now. Let me show you a woman of confidence. The Bible says in verse 8, And Barak said to her, If you'll go with me, then I'll go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So mother said to him, well, I'll surely go with you, but nevertheless, there's going to be no glory for you, son, in this journey you are taking. For the Lord is going to sell Sisera into the hand of the woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called the sons of Zebulun and Naphtali, and he went up with 10,000 men under his command, and Deborah, mother, went with him. When we come to this second point of the narrative, I noticed this, that mother's, mother Deborah's confidence is on display. Uh, ladies, it's on display because the son of the nation, Barak, doesn't have confidence at that time. You see, fear had done a job on him. The first thing we see is that Barak says, if you'll go with me, then I'll go. But if you won't, then I won't go. Here you see a man who was a warrior, but he has become a man who was unsure about the word of the law. And I don't know what happened, but perhaps Sisera and the enemy had done a psychological job on him. Perhaps when he saw Sisera and his entourage and, and army move in the hood, he felt like they got too many. I'm outnumbered. Did you see what they did to Bobo them? Perhaps psychologically, he just couldn't see himself being victorious. Here it is. Barak needed some assurance that the Lord was truly going to do what the mother of the nation said he was going to do. So because he needed some assurance, he asked for some insurance. Y'all catch it? The insurance was, well, if God is going to do what you say, you come too. You're going to be my policy of insurance. Oh, okay, let me say it another way. Uh, Mother Deborah, he understood, worked for God, spoke for God, judged for God, served for God, and God used her to bring him this message. So if she's doing all that for God, then perhaps God might hear you because me and him ain't on talking terms. You never been there, huh? You never felt like God ain't hearing you? It felt like your prayers are distant from God? You keep praying, but it keep getting worse? I believe that's what Barack was. Secondly, I want to argue Watch this now, because a lot of times this text is misinterpreted. Barack isn't asking her to go and fight. He like Wilson. I like my wife to be switching. Come on, talk to me, huh? 
I want her nails done. I don't need her fighting for me, but it's nice that she on the sideline saying, hit him again, honey. <laughs> I'm sorry, about can I, can I just let my hair down? Barack don't need Deborah to fight. He need her to consult. Uh, let me say it this way. He don't need a father. He need a mother. He don't need a homeboy. He need an intercessor. See, he need a mother who had the wisdom of God and the word of God and who worked for God. And I like this right here. I like this because we need more godly members, um, mothers, not to hinder their sons, but to help their sons. We need mothers like Deborah who can be available when the warrior needs to talk. We need mothers who can be available when they need your confidence to boost them, not beat them. We need mothers who can be available to pick them up, not put them down. Come on, y'all gonna help me, son. We need mothers who can be available when your sons don't believe in themselves no more to give them instruction in the time of need. Thirdly, in this text, Mother Deborah does something powerful. Pastor Waddles, she speaks prophetically to the son of the nation. She says, God says, God says, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, nevertheless, there'll be no glory for you in the journey you're about to take because the Lord's going to deliver Sisera now into the hand of a woman. Here we see what I call is a prophetic response to an anxious request. Let me say that again. It's a prophetic response because Barak has an anxious request. He said, I ain't going unless you go with me. Anxiety. She has to speak prophetically to his anxiety. What did she speak? The Bible says. It's the word of God that helps the anxious men to see God when he can't see him for himself. Did you catch it? She reveals to him that because he lacks faith and assurance to know who God is and what God wants to do, Barak is now going to miss out on receiving any glory that the Lord had in store for him for him to receive from this battle. The glory from the victory is not going to go to him, but now it's going to go to a sister that Deborah doesn't even mention. See, she doesn't identify the woman because she ain't the woman that's going to get the glory. Barack going to get the victory, but somebody else's name going to be on the pages of the Chicago Times. Are y'all in here? This ain't in my notes, but I think I need to park the car in Ida for a minute. Sometimes when we get too fearful of what God will call us to do, he'll still give you the victory, but you won't get no glory. Uh, let me say it this way, because Barack lacks assurance that he, that he can trust God when he can't trust, trace God, 
God's got to give it to somebody else. See, God is looking for people that'll trust him even when they can't trace him. Are you in here? God is looking for people that will trust him when they can't trace him. Bible says that then, watch this now, Deborah arose and she went with Barak to Kadesh. When I first read this, it, 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 uh, Sister Shavonda, it got my attention. Literally, she got up from her office as the judge, as the mother of the nation, and she went to the place where the Lord was calling her son to go and experience him. She didn't just speak a word over him and encourage him, but here it is. She modeled confidence in the words she heard herself. Barack was waiting. I ain't going unless you go with me. He wasn't moving, and she got up. Y'all see the confidence? She wasn't just talking about what the Bible says. She was trusting in the words she just told to him. <laughs> okay. She modeled what it looked like to trust God in uncertain times. Brother Deacon, she modeled what it looked like to go to war and fight a fixed fight. She modeled what it looked like to trust God, yeah, and know to, that you can do everything he's asking you to do. She was a woman with confidence who believed that God would meet them, beat them there, and meet them there. <laughs> the Bible says that when she got up, Barak got up. And then look at the text. He called to his brothers from two of the tribes. And he drew 10,000 men into the battle. You see what happened? Mama gave him some confidence. And then in his confidence, he got the other brothers to come be a part of what God wanted to do in the earth. Her confidence is powerful. Her confidence in the word is to be emulated. Can you hear me, ladies? Her confidence is that God is credible. You can trust him at his word. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your nation. You can trust him for the victory. The question is, are there any Deborahs in the house today? Are there any mothers who still have confidence that God is God and that he never lost a battle? Come on, help me preach today. Are there any mothers in the house that believe God can use your sons and daughters to fight a fixed fight? Are there any mothers in the house today that still believe in the word of the Lord? We need some confident mothers that are still sure about speaking the word to this generation. We need some confident mothers that'll still go to war over the souls of their children. We need some confident mothers who won't quit on God or give up on their babies. Here it is or run away from their homes. She did ministry from her home. Deborah was a judge, but she was a wife. She was a housewife. She's doing ministry on behalf of her home. Oh, I feel like preaching today. 
We need some confident mothers. We need some mothers who will trust in the Lord with all their heart and lean not on their own understanding. And in all their ways, acknowledge him and he will direct their path. We've looked at the woman with courage. We've analyzed the woman with confidence. Let me land the plane now and show you a woman of commitment. The Bible says in verse 11, Now Heber, the Kenite, of the children of Hobab, who was the father-in-law of Moses, has separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the tabernacle tree of Zion. And it was beside Kadesh. And they reported to Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Harosheth Hagoyim to the river Kishon. And then Deborah said to Barak, get up, son, for this is the day in which the Lord shall deliver Sisera, your enemy, into your hand. So Barak and the homeboys, they mobbed down from Mount Tabor and they slaughtered Sisera, the enemy. Zion Hill, thank you for listening today. Thank you for allowing me the privilege, Pastor Wallows, to stand and to preach today. As I get ready to land this plane, I want you to see Mother Deborah's commitment to God has given Barak courage to fight. And according to the text, when the enemy made a move, Mama said, get up, son. <laughs> I think she got a little thug in her, I'm just saying. Get up, son, for this is the day. <laughs> Y'all had that mama too? <laughs> I can see Curly's face. Get up, boy, because this is the day. God's about to let you whoop this enemy. Notice what? She spoke prophetically to the boy. It was prophetic because it hadn't happened yet. But she knew the word and she knew what the word said. So she already knew the outcome. Can I say some more? And her words of commitment, courage, and confidence are now ringing in his ear. So Barak with his brothers run down the mountain. They chase the enemy, the text says. Now look, because she gave him confidence and modeled commitment, his faith increased in his time of unbelief. Can I say that again? Because she gave him confidence and she modeled commitment, his faith increased where he had none. Secondly, when he went to the place that the Lord had told him to go, the Lord had already drove the enemy away and they were able to slaughter them on the run. Thirdly, I noticed that her prophecy came true and the word had given him victory. He got the victory. 
but he didn't get the glory. Can I say some more? As you come to the close of this narrative, Barak is pursuing the gangster Sisera on foot. Come on, go with me. He's running down 79th and Ashley. And there's a little sister whose name is Jael. And she lives in the hood. I found something that verse 11 talks about her grandpa, who was an African man, who has a son, a daughter rather, who marries Moses. This is Moses' niece. She Hebrew, she African. But she hung around Israel. And she lives on the outskirts in the hood. And she was looking out the living room window. And she saw Sisera the gangster running without his chariot. Come on in here, y'all. And what she does, the Holy Spirit writes in the scripture, she ran outside and said, come here, Sisera, come here. And Cicero running for his life down 79 saw an ally that he thought. She said, come in, come in. And she came in and she said, hide right here. And she covered him up and let him hide in her home. Can I say some more? Jael has the heart of Mother Deborah. She gets involved in the salvation of her nation. She, oh, watch this now. She opened her home, Sister Cynthia, and took the enemy in. She befriended the enemy and made him feel like he was safe in her home. Jael showed hospitality. Uh, 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 dad used to say, don't make it up, look it up. She gave him a blanket. That's hospitality. Gave him some, he asked for water, she went and got some warm milk <laughs> to comfort him. That's hospitality. She hid him away. That's hospitality. Until the time was right. Can I say some more? Jael becomes a woman that God could use. She became a woman who defeats the enemy in her home. She becomes a woman of courage, a woman of confidence, and a woman of commitment. Jael was no joke. She was a real warrior. And she was the mother Deborah was speaking about when she said, son, you're going to get the victory, but the glory is going to another sister. <laughs> I'm coming down. I'm having too much fun up here. But you know what we need? We need some mothers like Jael in the kingdom. We need some young women who know how to defeat the enemy in their homes. We need some sisters who can use their home as a weapon against the enemy of our souls. We need some sisters who have a no fear mentality 
when they see the enemy running through the neighborhood. I'm closing now. But Jael put the enemy to sleep. And when he dozed off, she took a tenth spike. Now y'all tell me if this gangster s or not. She took a tenth spike. Went and laid it on the temple of his head. And then she took a hammer and threw the tenth spike through his head and down into the ground. Now y'all know she's a sister already, huh? What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? Jael was a housewife who God gave the glory. She was a faithful, a fearless woman because God was faithful. God gave Jael the credit. Barak got the victory, but she got the glory. I was trying to leave this text and in my study, Brother Deacons, I couldn't help but check this out, that she was a Gentile woman. <laughs> I mean, she was a woman of color. She was African in descent. And she modeled what it looked like to encourage your men, to support your men, to empower your men, and believe in your men. The Bible says that after she killed him, she went back out in the living room and she saw, yes, Barack come running through the hood. And she says, in here, Barack, I got the man that you're looking for. Y'all in here now? And I like this because that's just good news. Here's a sister, she don't want the bounty. She ain't looking for a cut on the kill. She just want Barack to know, I got your back. I heard what Mama Deborah told you. And we've been all standing in the wings, watching y'all run the enemy through the neighborhood. Here he is, right here. Uh, she was a woman that God employed. And you know something, God's been using women like this ever since the beginning of time. I think y'all know where I'm going here. Can I call Roe? He used Deborah. He used Jael. He used Naomi. He used Ruth. He used Esther. Abigail. Elizabeth. Mary. Anna. My big mama. My birth mama. And my queen mama. And he's using women right now in Zion here to defeat the enemy. Come on, talk to me. God's got a plan for women in the ministry. God's been using women to help with the work of the ministry. I'm through preaching, but come here and look what Jesus did. Didn't Jesus use women? Didn't he liberate them in the gospel? Healed them from disease. Cast out devils, fed them and their babies. Oh, yes, he did. Gave them, yes, reason and access to liberty in the gospel. He's been doing great things with women from the beginning of time. And he never excluded them from the ministry. Why? They've always been a part of God's plan for salvation. I got to leave you here.
It's getting too good to me. But this same Jesus went to Calvary's hill. And out on the cross, didn't he die? He died for the sisters and the brothers. Didn't he die? They put his body in a borrowed tomb. And in the tomb, he took the sting out of death and victory over the grave so that the women and the men could escape captivity. Didn't he die? And early, I said early, Sunday morning, God the Father raised him back to life. And when he got up, he called the women, gave them a ministry, and said, go tell the Barats to meet me in Galilee. I got another battle. I need them to handle. God's been rocking with women a long time. He's been using sisters a long time to encourage brothers to lead to love, to fight, to guide, to protect, to hold up the bloodstained banner. I got to leave it now. But thank you, women of Zion, for being faithful for 83 years. Thank you, women of Zion, for praying for the brothers. Thank you, women of Zion, for holding up the bloodstained banner. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your deacons. Pray for your sons. We honor you today for your faithfulness to God's word. Hang on just a little while. The battle ain't done yet. And if you be faithful, if you be courageous, if you be confident and if you be committed over on the other side there's a reward for the faithful women of God you'll hear him say well done well done well done good and faithful sisters come on up I'll make you a ruler of many things Thank you, Pastor. Yes, sir, man. Thank you, God.